Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome from your friendly media bias monitors, young and a little older. Uh, we're all on pins and needles. It's the Monday before election day. I mean, obviously, election season is a weeks long blur, but the results are coming on Tuesday night. We set up what we call the war room, which, you know, it's not really a war. It's just people are very extra dedicated and get free pizza to monitor the election returns. I don't think we get free pancakes and bacon on the morning crew, but, uh, you know, it's a it's a very exciting time. Uh, my guess is that by the end of the week, we're going to have Republican control of the House and the Senate by whatever margin there is. And hence, we can cue the journalist freakout since we've had weeks and weeks of it's the end of democracy as we know it. Uh, it's just going to get worse. Join us to discuss what we saw on Sunday and what we're going to see going forward it's New Jersey's finest, Kevin Tober. Thanks for having me, Tim. That's a very low bar. New Jersey's okay. Finest. You know, the other day I tweet <laughs> I tweeted the other day that Alex Christie was Washington State's finest. And he 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 commented back on Twitter like that doesn't say a lot for Washington State. Uh, <laughs> well, both my home state and, and uh, Christie's home state are liberal cesspools. So yeah, okay. Can I tell you? See, at least I come from purple Wisconsin. There you go. Which is about to go a little red, I I, I dare say. Yep. I think that's that's certainly the way it feels to me. Certainly in, in uh, my home area, the third district of Wisconsin, Ron Con- Kind is retiring. And that one is sort of projected to go red to Derek Van Orden, who's running for the second time. Apparently scared Ron Kind enough the first time that Ron Kind said, I don't want to do it again. Hmm. So Ron Kind will probably be making big bucks as a lobbyist here in the new year. All right, so Kevin's here on Sunday monitoring everything as it comes out. And obviously the Sunday before the election is kind of a bigger deal. It is. So um, the, the thing, I my favorite item that Kevin did was uh, Jonathan Carl interviewing Glenn Youngkin. And I think that's kind of a challenge because Glenn Youngkin is not Trumpy. Um, he's ob- obviously be- been a political success um, by running in a different way. But this is Carl coming at Glenn Youngkin the same way he'd come after any Republican. So here we've had, we've just had two endless years of January 6th investigations, you know, starting with the media investigations and the documentaries and the front line, PBS frontline documentaries and the and then the January 6th live hearings. Um, and these were all the essence of democracy. Oversight was so very important. And now, of course, Jonathan Carl is very upset that there's going to be such a thing as oversight under the Republicans. You know, I- I'm hearing a lot though uh, of talk about investigations investigations of hunter biden fbi all things anthony fauci uh, republicans talking about going you know all in if they take control particularly the house is that really what what you're campaigning on to to have massive investigations so kevin he's upset that anthony fauci is going to have to answer some hostile questions oh no what would we do 
<laughs> I mean, uh, that's going to be popcorn viewing to see, you oh, know, yeah. here comes Rand Paul again. Yes. But I think it's it's this whole idea that, um, um, you know, the Atlantic recently said we were going to have a pandemic am- or could we have a pandemic amnesty? And obviously the Republicans are going to be like, nope. No, um, as I recall, the media said that everyone who died in 2020 was Donald Trump's fault. Yeah. So therefore, you know, I mean, I think the Centers for Disease Control and Dr. Fauci should be able to to stand for some questions. Um, so that would be good. And then, of course, yeah, they can't stand the idea that there'll be investigations into Hunter Biden. I think we're going to <laughs> yeah. see see that from. Congressman Comer's already been pretty clear about that's one of the things he's going to be doing. Yep. Jim Jordan on House Judiciary may do the same. And, of course, we still don't know what's going to happen with the, uh, you know, the actual U.S. attorney investigation in Delaware. So you, then yeah. you wonder if they're like, oh, it's a week after the election. Suddenly we're going to <laughs> we're going to have news. Yeah. Right. What What's going to be this surprise that, you know, the oh, well, now we can actually say. You know, one of the other predictions people are making is that suddenly the New York Times will be doing stories into Biden's mental fitness. Yeah, because they know once the Republicans take back Congress, they won't have any use for Biden. It was like, okay, well, because, you know, as soon as the midterms are over, it's the attention turns to the presidential race. Sadly, yes. Yeah. So So then, of course, and then. No, at that point, there'll be wait, the the focus will be turning to Biden. Like, oh God, we can't have this guy. He's going to drag us down. So they're going to have to try to get rid of him somehow. Well, I think that you know, I think they would. The media will. Yeah, I mean, I think they would like to encourage him to to be a one termer, and mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, obviously he is the oldest president we've ever had, and it's funny because yeah, they've tried to ignore everybody saying. I mean, we know the independent fact checkers were like, he's not shaking, tr- attempting to shake hands with the air. He was <laughs> pointing with all five fingers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have to be a complete moron to believe that. But no, but I mean, you know, to put it in perspective, Biden is older now. Even when he got into office, he's older than Biden, Reagan was when he left office after eight years. Yes. And, and uh, I, I can tell you, that the news media treated Reagan like he was yes, Alzheimer's or I mean they dementia. made fun of him as being way too old yep in 1980 yeah you know let alone what they were doing you know when Iran Contra and stuff broke in 87 then it was yep. more of the traditional like well this must have happened because he's lost a step yeah uh and then of course so we have them complaining about there's going to be are you really campaigning on massive investigations it's like well that's just what we had yeah and then it was, what about all this impeachment talk? <laughs> no, he is. Yeah, he is furious. Because he, he, you know, Carl and all the rest of the media had no problem with the two impeachments that Donald Trump had to go through. Um, you know, one of them during a presidential election, 2020. Yeah. And one and the one, the one for the Senate conviction trial was after Trump left office. There. Yeah, I mean, so that, that was, to me, the second one was was quite bizarre because... Yeah, he had what twelve days left in office, and they're going to vote to impeach him. Yeah, I just didn't you know worry. that might have made more sense if Trump was really stating to everybody he had no plans to leave the White House, and they were going to have to drag him out. I mean that that might have been different. Yeah, but you know every Republican who voted to impeach Trump on the second occasion, it's not looking good. Four no. of them were def- there was ten Republicans. Four decided not to run again. Four were defeated in primaries. Yep. 
Uh, and uh, David Valadao of California is maybe going to win. And then the other guy in Washington State is expected to win. But, I mean, it's it, it turned out not to be politically smart no. to do the sort of thing that will endear you to the New York Times. Exactly. That's never a good thing. If the New York Times is upset with you, then that's you're doing something right. So Carl's like, I can count at least three members of the Biden cabinet Republicans talked about impeaching. And then, the, you know, then there's been resolutions for Biden himself. Uh, <laughs> now, I would say this as a citizen. I don't like willy nilly impeachments. No, I yet. thought the impeachment for the for asking Zelensky about, you know, maybe you should look into Hunter Biden was a ludicrous grounds for impeachment. Yeah. And and. Honestly, the second reason was a better cause. If you really, if Donald Trump that day had not said, "Hey, let's go all over and protest," if he'd said, "Let's go over there and knock some cops around," exactly, then there would have been some basis. But I mean, I think that which, of course, he didn't say. But that's right. what the media narrative is. And if you ask anyone on the street, the average person, they're going to think that Trump sent them there to knock down the the doors. The yeah, Capitol. I mean, I. I Obviously, I think he should have conceded the election in December. Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting for him to concede the election. But, um, uh, but I, yeah, this, this to me, that whole impeachment thing was uh, a very partisan exercise. And it, what's really funny is that the news media comes in and assists in a very partisan enterprise. And the whole time they're being very partisan, they present it as nonpartisan. And then they wonder why nobody trusts them. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't know if they're going to, you know, whether they're going to move to impeach. Um, obviously, yes, one of them is Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. And, uh, you know, you, you certainly can make an argument right now that the Department of Homeland Security is not exactly securing the border. No, not at all. So, I mean, that's, uh, you know, what we can project is that we're not going to get tons of live coverage of Republican hearings. No, it's going to be treated as a sideshow of Republicans grandstanding and all this <laughs> other stuff. Don Lemon will look at you very angrily and disappointedly. This is very bad for our democracy. So it's, uh, no, it's going to be a complete 180 for the media. Yeah, well, it's the same way that when they were savaging Trump, they would say, this is what we do as reporters. Yeah. We hold people accountable. And then it's the never on the other side. And it's then the Bidens come in and it's like, can I get you a pillow? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that is the problem we have. Yeah. You know, and Biden can say stuff like it's this is Jim Crow 2.0 and nobody's going to call him on it. Yeah. And it's all falling apart and looking ridiculous in the state of Georgia. And they're yeah. still not record they, turnout. They should be apologizing. With this Jim Crow junk. Yeah, but you, you, Michelle Sender and Joy Reid will tell you that just because they're voting in record numbers doesn't mean that there's no voter uh, suppression. It means they've overcome it, which is ridiculous. As you pointed out to me, yes, Mady Hassan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, weekend him. host oh, no. was trying to do this, too. I, I, I can't really do his British accent, but I mean, the tweet was just like, just because people aren't voting doesn't, you know, just because they're voting in massive numbers doesn't mean there weren't, wasn't suppression. It's like, yeah. huh? 
Yeah, he's another one. I forgot about that. Yeah, he. Uh, that's right. I did mention that to you. Last All night. I tweeted was "ha ha" because it's so ludicrous. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's like, yeah, racism is very funny. Or voter suppression, trying to stop black people from voting, is very funny. It's always the way that they try to, you know, insist yeah. like you, Tim Graham, are for suppressing the black vote, and I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. That's not, you know, that's not something I do. I we have spent some time and some internet ink on this Jim Crow 2.0 garbage. Yep. Um, because as we know, as our friend Chris Plant likes to say, Democrats are the party of Jim Crow. The Republicans were not the party of Jim Crow. Absolutely. The Republicans voted for the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Excuse me. Yep. So, I mean, this is, uh, but this is, this is our future. If the Republicans have a success, this will be our future. And, uh, you know, yeah, we'll probably hear more about how democracy is ending. So then there was this other thing we were texting back and forth about Hallie Jackson on the Sunday Today Show. Yes. And, uh, you know, this was the typical thing. They never let go of January 6th. And then also, we had seen this clip of Tim Ryan shooting a gun. And she's doing this whole thing about how, oh, it's very threatening that all these Republicans were shooting guns in their TV ads. Yeah, and conveniently left out was the Tim Ryan out with the gun. Yeah, I mean, here we had, she had a, a Mehmet Oz out there uh, with a rifle. And, and then somehow, yes, Tim Ryan shooting is, I mean, they just leave it out like, yeah. like it didn't happen. Exactly. Uh, then they had this guy, the star of the piece was a guy named Daryl Johnson. Mm -hmm. And he was just listed as an analyst for the Department of Homeland Security. Let yeah. me tell you, Kevin, this is a guy who's been ripping so-called right-wing extremism for decades. You know, he was on a panel at Netroots Nation, the radical left Oh, Netroots, yeah. Yes, oh, or no. Nutroots. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so... It, one of the things the liberal media does that we find the most annoying is that they present very partisan experts, very ideological left-wing experts, and present them as, oh, there there are nonpartisan uh, analysts of what is happening in the social sciences. Yeah, and they don't disclose that they're partisan. Yeah, but obviously. Well, now, we can guess... We can guess they're partisan because NBC is using them. Yeah. That's, this is where, yeah, I hit the Google machine, uh, as Tony Kornheiser puts it. I guess the only real reporter on, allowed on NBC these days is Dasha Burns, who's a new favorite of mine. Yeah, that. well, I haven't, I haven't being noticed. a little fact-based would be nice. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I really think there, there is something to be said if Chris Lick's advice was taken by anyone. And they just said, we're going to tell you what's happening. Why don't you just tell me what's happening? Yeah. And stop trying to tell me what's around the corner because I get tired of that. Because usually what you're trying to tell me is around the corner is the apocalypse. Yeah. And I, we, don't, we don't, just don't need that. So then they go, uh, Willie Geist is hosting the show, as he does on Sunday mornings. And then he starts talking, lecturing about, oh, the stoking of division and anger is nothing new. Yep. Yeah, you know who stokes division and anger, Willie? Morning Joe. Yes. So. You know, uh, MSNBC on the regular 24-7. Oh, yeah. Lester Holt. 
You know, I mean, the whole idea that these people have the audacity to get up and lecture us about how, oh, the language is so divisive and polarizing. <laughs> like, they don't do it on a regular basis. Yeah. And they, you know, they act like they're nonpartisan and they, you know, they're above the fray and they don't do anything wrong. And, you know, of course, Willie Geese at the end has to say, uh, you know, when you cast politics in apocalyptic terms, people behave accordingly. Yeah, and that's what they do. They've spent this whole election season saying, democracy's on the ballot. That's not apocalyptic. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, Hal Jackson's like, our polling shows 80% of voters in both parties think the other side's going to destroy America. And our pollsters say many people are being driven to cast their ballots this year out of anger, out of fear. Yes, that's what NBC is doing. Yeah. That's what all of you people are doing with this whole democracy is dying. If you vote for Republicans, screech, screech, yell, yell, warn, warn. Yeah. And then, of course, yes, the thing you pointed out was, well, here's the weird part, is they're all talking about how, well, there's this apocalyptic language, and the heroes are Kinzinger and Cheney. Yeah. Like, they're not engaging in apocalyptic language? Yeah democracy's dying and well i mean i trump incited an insurrection which well i guess there was no insurrection yeah i mean it's very simple is that when you're anti-trump like you know cheney and kinziger they're not just anti-trump it's like the rationale of their entire existence and the most interesting thing that's happened here in the last few weeks is once Liz Cheney was defeated now they've now they're both comfortable hitting the stump for democrats Mm mm-hmm Yep, Isn't they that their, interesting? They know their career is over, so they might as well just... They've been touted as Republicans for this whole process, and now they're out there doing exactly what we expected. They're out there stumping for Republicans. Oh, and Evan McMullen... Uh, no, st- I mean stumping for Democrats, and Evan McMullen, who's being funded by the Democrats in yep. Utah. Uh, uh, so, yes, somehow... If you're the if you're pro Trump, if you're just pro Republican Party, staying in any authority, you're a rioter, according to NBC News. So I mean, it's this is one of the things I think that's been sort of a routine argument of ours. Yeah, is that you don't get to lecture about polarizing if you specialize in polarizing. Exactly, and you know the problem is, and you got these. You know, phony historians going on MSNBC and claiming that, you know, if we, Republicans win, your children could die, be killed and yeah. enslaved or yeah. whatever nonsense they're all spouting there. And, you know, and then these the, the, the MSNBC hosts, I think, believe it was Chris Hayes, just sits there and nods his head like, yeah, that's right. You know, Michael Beschloss used to be, Kevin, sort of the PBS NewsHour type of historian. Where okay, they so expected him to be liberal, but he pretended to be, uh, but but somewhat, sane. yeah, somewhat yeah. sane, yeah. right? And now he's on MSNBC, and he ends up being what MSNBC wants him to be. Yeah, it's one thing to say, um, I don't like the Trump not conceding the election. It's another to say your children are going to be shot if the Republicans win. I mean, so what? <laughs> what are you smoking there in the green room? Yeah. And, and then we had John Meacham, the other guy. Oh God, yeah, that's the other little guy. John Meacham, who's like five foot six, and uh, and uh, he was on Morning Joe this morning, and he was doing this whole thing. Well, to be for democracy, it's not a partisan thing, and I don't have a partisan brain. And I'm like, uh huh, all right. You're the you're the goofball who wrote this line for Biden that he was going to heal the soul of America, which is pretty much the biggest lie of the Biden presidency and the Biden candidacy. Oh, hey guys, 
no joke, vote for me and I'll unite the country. No, you didn't. You called us Jim Crow, so you can go home. Yeah. Go back to Delaware and sit in your little crib the way you usually do. You and Jill go hiding on the weekends. Yeah. And then we don't know. <laughs> That's another, this is another thing the Republicans are going to do, Kevin. What? Why aren't there visitor logs in Delaware? And what? who on earth is coming to see you Ooh. on the weekends in Delaware? Ooh, I like that. We one. want visitor logs. You know, and I mean, stuff like that. And then, of course, yes, the, the media is going to have the a Hallie Jacksons and the Jonathan Carls will be like, how dare you ask the president what he does on the weekends? This is anti-democratic. This is. <laughs> All right. Jeez. So then we have this one again, boggles my mind. Chuck, we'll Chuck do, Todd is yeah. asking Senator Rick Scott about what they're going to do about inflation. And he's Rick Scott gives the quite standard answer that economists, at least conservative economists, would say. It's like, well, we got to get spending under control because it was all this wild COVID spending and something they called the American Rescue Plan. Yep. Talk about a, an Orwellian title. Orwellian, yeah, exactly. Um, That's what I was going to say. You know, uh, he's like, well, we got to get spending under control. And Chuck Todd comes back and says, well, all the experts say, well, every time the liberals say all the experts say, yeah. just hit the, eh. yeah, wrong. Fact checked, false. All the experts say legal immigration is the number one thing we need to deal with. What? So we need to grant every illegal alien amnesty and that will solve the inflation problem? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's the whole idea that somehow the labor force needs to be this particular size. But it's, a, no, it's about the money supply. It's about spending. Yeah, it's now, not, we have a... We have a supply issue, not a demand issue. Well, I mean, this is Chuck Todd being a Democrat and saying, well, the real solution to inflation is to do exactly what the Democrats want. Yeah. To import as many voters as possible. <gasps> White replacement theory. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it mean, well, I mean, that's what. The, never mind. Yeah. There. Um, but as I wrote in the end of my blog of the story of Chuck Todd's economic literacy, I wrote, Todd's plan seems to be to continue spending the nation into bankruptcy and an inflationary spiral, all the while flooding the country with more illegal immigrants. That, that seems like the Democrat plan. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is, um, if it's not their plan, now, yes, they find it very controversial when you say, well, you're importing these people because you expect them to be your voters. Well, that's a conspiracy theory. All right. Mm. But here's the funny part is, I suppose you could argue if the Latinos are moving to the Republicans in the, in the method they are. How long till they want to build the wall? <laughs> it's, at least they're going to say, well, we're not doing it for that because yeah. it's, it's not working. <laughs> uh, the, um, one of the things that we were all chatting about on Monday was now, it, we, well, we saw this in, uh, on Good Morning America this morning that suddenly they're saying, Oh, there could be violence at the polls. And then Politico's reporting, oh, there could be cheating at the polls or hacking. The uh, Politico tweeted out early this morning, the 2020 presidential election was rife with allegations of voting machine hacks that were later debunked. Yet there are real risks that hackers could tunnel into voting equipment and other election infrastructure to try to undermine Tuesday's vote. And this is where, obviously, people on Twitter... We're yeah, saying, we'll oh, okay. Uh -huh. no. 2020 was the safest election ever. Because the Democrats won. And now suddenly, yeah. it's like, oh, no, I let's start denying these results before they even come in. Yeah, they want to get ahead of the story because they know they're going to get clobbered. I mean, let us 
state something that maybe is not too difficult to state. We don't want any hacking. No. Don't hack our voting machines. We don't want anybody threatening election workers. That's stupid. We don't need any riots. But look, if the if the Republicans win dramatically, can we suggest if they're going to talk about nasty things coming around the corner? Yeah. What about the idea that we'll get what we got on Inauguration Day 2017? They're like burning police cars and, you know, crashing into Starbucks windows and yeah, maybe smashing them with hammers. And yeah, it's probably uh, glue their hands to the chair because there's a plant based milk surcharge. Yeah, I, well, I'll never I never forgot. I'll never forget when I uh, was standing out during Trump's inauguration. I was standing in D- on the street in D.C. waiting to get into one of the gal- uh, the, the inaugural balls. And right down the street, I could see the, them setting a car on fire. I'm like, oh, God, let us in this building fast. Yeah. <laughs> it was scary. They were out of control. But Well, I, yes, we would like to think that rioting is something that's, you know, not a conservative thing. It might be a, 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 a an extremist right wing thing. It's not a conservative thing. If you're a conservative person, you're for law and order yep. and observing the rules. Uh Kevin, we had a we had a protest many years ago. I'm trying to remember what year it was, um, and we were protesting the fact that Mikhail Gorbachev had been hired to to speak to a a Republican Senate fundraiser. Oh, we no. thought that was perverse. Yeah. So we're all there. We're standing across the street because we're very polite protesters. Yeah. We're actually standing across the street, and we stepped off the curb, and there was a policeman there, and he was like. Don't step off the curb, and we all stepped right back up on the sidewalk. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that, that's, kind of protesters yeah. we're like. That's as rowdy as it gets for you guys. Excuse me, us. officer. Yeah, I'm sorry, I put my step there on the street. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, this political piece is just—they they have no shame. They, they honestly, I, I'd like to have not have a heart attack by the, time, by the time I'm 30, so I'd like to just laugh at this instead of get angry. Yeah. Well, so, I, people, um, people always ask us this, Kevin. How can you? How can you do this? You just now have you're, to laugh. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I, like, if I don't laugh, I will die. <laughs> I, I, I think that part of it is, yes, is that you do develop a thicker skin for this. Yeah. And I, I can honestly say we're we're just this sick that when we have slow days, we're like they're not seeing anything outrageous. I know, which is like. It's nice. It could be a calm. It's good for sea. the country, but not really good for yeah it's <laughs> for like the racket. Way. Yeah, the grift. No, no, no. This grift. is not a grift. We, I, we, we would always joke. It's like you know, if the if everybody in the news was super sober and serious and not biased, then we'd be like, okay, let's go find something else to do. But yeah. it, I don't think we have any hope or expectation that that's going to happen. Yeah, our jobs are safe as long as they're. Well, look no further than the re- <laughs> reformed CNN. <laughs> yeah, every time they say something ridiculous on cnn i'm like okay well so much for that new cnn now let's i guess the most recent one was jake tapper claiting uh crime as being skyrocketing is, in, is a myth so yeah I that mean, was the mo- i was like all right well i guess that's new cnn isn't coming anytime soon no so. and 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 tapper in, in prime time anyway was doing uncorking some of these big speeches and you would think that was one of the things that chris licht would say you know maybe a little less of the edward r murrow thing I think Tapper calls them a Murrow. I'm going to do a Murrow. It's like, no, none of us need that. I don't need your pomposity. Yeah. If you want to present me with some information, that's fine. But it's like these lectures 
It's like, why on earth would Jake Tapper want to sound like Keith Olbermann? But there you are. So, yeah. So one of the things, let's wrap with this idea. They were discussing today, oh, we're now all going to ask Kevin McCarthy, is he going to let Marjorie Taylor Greene onto committees? Now, this is pretty much my unfavorite, if I may say so, Republican congressperson. Um, and only because, you know, when you say weird stuff about Jewish space lasers or whatever, yeah, it's, it's like, come on, you're embarrassing the crowd here. Yeah. It, it's, and, and, and anyway, so they're all like, does she get a spot on a committee? And this is, this is one of those things where they're going to, yeah, they're going to isolate Oh, let's go find the people we think are Republican French kooks, which, of course, they've already been doing that, obviously. Yeah, they'll do that regardless. But it's but now they're going to really try to say, well, let's hold them accountable. And it's like, yes, and when the Democrats have kooks, like Alexandria or Ocasio-Cortez, Dana Bash has her on and kisses her ring. Yeah, and you, you put her in front of the magazine covers and everything like that. And I mean, they had Ilhan Omar, you know, was greeted as like, oh, the soul of reason. One of the most anti-Semitic racist people in Congress. So that's now great. We should say this. I think if we went back and really tried to count how many times these people are showing up these days on CNN or yeah, it's MSNBC, been a lot less. it's it's uh, certainly on the on the regular networks. It's really been less. There was this. The other day, Steve Inskeep, who's an NPR morning anchor, was trying to make a big deal out of how Fox is talking about AOC uh, fighting with Elon Musk. Like, what a stupid story. Why are they wasting our time? Yeah. And it's sort of like, OK, I, I seem to remember 2018 when AOC was on, you know, starring on 60 Minutes and on the cover of Time magazine. Exactly. So now for you now to say she's nobody's news is a rather fascinating take. So I guess the question I would ask you, Kevin, as we wrap, and that is, what are you what are you looking forward to seeing? Do you have any predictions, or do you have anything that you would any result you'd really like to to see? I mean, I guess we could just start with, yeah, we want to see some of these liberal media people lose their minds a little. Oh bit. yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, make sure you tune in the Newsbusters. Log on multiple times throughout the night we'll we'll have a well now of, you sound like you're wrapping up early that's like good, that's no, the slogan no i'm not wrapping up well i didn't say no i didn't say the full <laughs> line i said just check it multiple times yeah no i think um, it's right is it what tends to happen on election nights and and post-election mornings is yeah more articles than usual yep because they're just because there's stuff to talk about i mean and and they fly by and i always get a little nervous like did everybody get to these because they're clicking in man we're we're you know it's harder yeah. to keep up with it is yeah it's because yeah i mean i was thinking you know maybe i mean the meltdowns will probably start around nine ish yeah um because that's when i think they'll have desantis race the race versus desantis called they'll have his victory called uh, Rubio not far behind because I think they're both going to win um, big. Um, DeSantis, even though Rubio's t higher up on the ballot than DeSantis, um, it's it's weird because I was actually listening to a, um, one of those Twitter spaces with a bunch of like people that we've like follow, like mm -hmm. not any blue checks but like randos like who are big accounts. Um, yeah, like, it's funny because like different states they have some states the governors at the top of the tickets so in the other state. The senators at the top. So really depending. So, you know, in Florida, Rubio's higher up, but DeSantis is going to drag Rubio across because everyone's t turning out to vote for DeSantis in Florida. 
And uh, I, I think he's going to win big, DeSantis. He's going to win. And it's just funny because, like, Florida, like, not too long ago. I remember in 2012, Romney lost Florida. And then, you know, now Trump won it twice, 2016, 2020. And then, um, you know, 2018, Rick Scott won it, as well as DeSantis. Wow. And then 20, um, you know, now, now this year, we're not even talking about whether DeSantis is going to win or not. We're talking about how big he's going to, how big he's going to win. Well, let's face it. We've got those conservatives are moving into Florida now. Yeah. And the other thing is, it's which is funny because in Arizona, Carrie Lake is higher up on the ballot. Mm. So Carrie Lake's, the fact that she's pulling ahead may pull in Blake Masters. Lake and Blake. Yeah. But then and then Pennsylvania, it's the opposite. Oh, so Shapiro's at the top. Yeah, which is not good for... Well, I hate to think that somebody, when they come into the polls, you know, I just, I didn't know which way I was going to vote, and then I just got on a roll based on who I started at the top with. It's like, yeah. I hope you're thinking it through a little more than that. I mean, I, I, mean, th- I think the surprise to me is that, yes, we've had J.D. Vance sort of pulling away in Ohio. Yeah, and then uh, um, Ron Johnson as well. Yes, yeah. well, that and that has that certainly has been happening as well, and we'll we'll see if that continues. But to kind of answer your question, I don't mean to interrupt, but um, I think we're going to win... If I had to guess, we're gonna. I'm not sure about Pennsylvania. I go back and forth about PA to Senate. Yeah. Um, I feel a lot better of it, about it than I did prior to the debate. Right when Fetterman could, you know, hello, goodbye, um, good night, folks. Yeah, good night, <laughs> good night, guys. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm un, unsure about that. But if I had to lean one way, I think I think Oz pulls it out. Um, we win Ohio. That's a, that's a pit, that's a keep. We we hold that seat because it's already a Republican seat. Um, Ron Johnson, that's another hold. Um, Florida, obviously, hold. Um, I feel good about Georgia. I think I think we may even avoid a runoff. There. I think there's two there's two candidates here who will cause the most media heads to explode if they win. One is Carrie Lake. Yes, because she's so anti media. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so good at calling them out. Yeah, and I know that she's you know says some kind of you know something she says that. Or believes about the election being stolen or whatever, yeah, aren't really you know, that that orthodox. But I, I think she's she's great the way she calls the media out, which is right up our alley. I mean, we, yep, we it's true, the, it's true. And then, yeah, I think Herschel Walker is is somebody they you know they really can't stand. And again, they they I'm just gonna say I don't think they can stand. They don't like black Republicans. No, they don't. The, so I mean, in this case, they can say, oh, he's. A, Basically, they're going to suggest he's a token. Yeah, but just well, the, the way they did it on um, on Saturday Night Live is they, you know, had, they had a, a very crude crayon drawing with the misspelling Heisman Trophy. They misspelled both the Heisman and the trophy, oh boy. saying that was Herschel Walker's resume. So um, I also think, um, but to give the final predictions, obviously, I think we're going to win at least 20 or 30 seats in the House. I think we will pick up. I think we'll have like 52, 53 seats in the Senate. Um, and then one race I would really look f- with you, for everyone out there listening in on um, to kind of look into this. Hasn't been as much media attention, but the New Hampshire 1st District, Caroline Levitt. Oh, yeah. She's a 25-year-old year old girl. Um, super bright, super 
articulate and she is a rising star and she's going to most importantly she's going to unseat uh AOC as the youngest con- uh congresswoman. Well, and the, what's interesting is, you know, I I did a column earlier on with Maxwell Frost who I think is also in that 25-26 year old range and MSNBC was like promoting him every 2 hours. Yeah. And you know, so the it will be interesting. I mean, I guess what we can guess from previous election cycles is that conservatives and Republicans will say, well, look at these interesting new members of Congress and look at them now because the liberal media is going to pretend they don't exist. Yeah, exactly. The media is going to pretend. But yeah, her, um, I think you know, she unseat, she beat a 30-something-year-old uh, uh, established uh candidate in the primary and she's about to unseat a a two-term democrat incumbent which i which is great all right Um, so to to restate yes we'll be we'll be alive and uh churning out the blogs at night we'll be uh we'll be live and churning it out in the morning starting in the early morning i'm generally at my computer at 6 a.m yeah i'll probably just be getting off yeah yeah i i would not be surprised (laughs) You'd be like, oh, goody. Now I can listen to uh, Larry O'Connor because it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. So so we're just going to tell you what we always tell you. If you want the media bias monitoring, you come to Newsbusters. Once, once twice, twice 24, 24 times, times a day. day. Thanks for listening. Thank you.